Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on WMR.fm, episode number 408. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my stand-in co-host is my company senior SEO, Scott Vanak. I should actually just call you my co-host because <laughs> it's just you and I these days, it seems. I know, but that's okay. Yeah, it is. It's fun. It is I feel good. like I'm, I'm marginally getting better, getting marginally better. Uh-oh. So Definitely, 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 definitely. Yeah, I know. It just takes experience and hammering through. Um, and I uh, apologize to our listeners. You know, it's been a little bit of a break again here, but uh, we, we do our best and uh, we'll continue to strive to have every an episode every week. I, uh, I think what's delaying me is I keep wanting to have a guest on and I keep not following through on, on uh, contacting people. And a couple of people I have have just been too busy. So it will happen and we'll, we'll get some more guests on as well. With that said, uh, let's jump into the Google Core update. June 2021. Yeah, so you uh, may have noticed there was a core update that began yesterday. Um, It doesn't sound like it's a very big update yet. Uh, One thing about it, though, is that it's part one of two. So it is a global update that will affect everybody everywhere, supposedly. Uh, But Google was not ready to roll out the, the entire update. So there will be a part two of this core update coming in July. So this is good bad i'm not really sure yet but uh one thing to note about it if this update has affected you and you're finding your rankings have tanked or the opposite and you've got this big win uh that may be completely reversed when part two rolls out in july so you know if if it's bad this is a good sign because then you can rest assured that hopefully next month there might be a fix to whatever happened badly to you um but you know with core updates you just never really know Uh, I've gone through a lot of my SEO clients and have not really seen any impact of this first core update. So we'll see, I guess. I don't know. Has it affected you? Uh, Maybe uh, chime in on the Facebook group. I don't know. It's uh, I'm not seeing a lot from it yet. No. And, and Barry Schwartz uh, chimed on that as well and said that he hadn't seen anything. So um, this is uh, a post from search engine land. And when we say yesterday, that was June 2nd, uh, or on the third today we're recording. But uh, it, so it, it's really totally relatively recent. And it's actually kind of nice to see a core update that doesn't cause too much havoc. It's pretty rare. <laughs> it, it is rare. Um, you know, one thing I, I got excited when I saw this core update because we had um, a client do a little bit of consulting with us after the last core update basically destroyed his website. And so I was, I've been kind of waiting for this core update, even though he's not a current active client, I've been kind of following him and, and hoping to see this fix his problem. And it hasn't yet, nothing's that I can tell anyways. I mean, we're only a day in, we'll see what happens. Um, so I'm hoping in July we see a recovery for him, but uh, if you're out there waiting, yeah. It's curious that they broke it into two. I wonder what, you know, can be gathered from that. You know, is it because it's super significant or it's just structural. Maybe it's just the way things work within their systems. They change and they want to make sure nothing breaks versus it being a big public facing change. Well, yeah, it kind of makes me wonder if it's, if they're just not ready to roll out part two, that tells me that whatever part two is, 
is more substantial, uh, more complicated. Maybe it'll have Maybe. a bigger impact. Um, I mean, I'm just speculating. Or I don't know, but. It's also like us when we suggest clients make changes to their website, let's say after, you know, they've, they've had a, a negative shift in rankings and it's been a while, don't react too quickly, um, that they only do one change at a time so they can monitor it and make a good assessment of what impacts are good or bad. Um, maybe that's what Google's doing here instead of having them all at once, which is difficult to debug. They're just doing it in stages. Um, seems like something they would have done already in house, but eh, what the hell? fun postulizing guess <laughs> yeah and uh, yeah hopefully hopefully everybody that listens to us uh sees the update in july part two and is just high-fiving one another because it's all good news so that's right yes <laughs> that's what we want okay next up the cumulative cumulative layout shift score has been adjusted within google search console um essentially uh, I as I understood it, I've only read skimmed this, but I understood it. It just improved the the quality of the data. What? what yeah. yeah. So the score is essentially, you know, a score of zero to point one uh, is what you want to be good. And what it takes to have your score for a given page fall within that range has changed. So they've changed the metrics or the algorithm, whatever, ah. behind the scenes, so that you know what might have been a score of say point. One five could now be a score of point one, just as a rough example. So what may be happening if you go into your Google Search Console and you're looking at your uh, uh, Core Web Vital stats, if you've noticed a sudden increase in good scores, uh, it, it's just because Google has changed the way that they are measuring that in order to be more accurate, to have a more accurate representation of layout shifts on your page. So. Hopefully some people have seen a big change there. Again, I've looked through a bunch of my clients and I didn't really notice anything. Um, but if you have a site where you've got a bunch of pages right on the threshold and then Google's reassessed how they're measuring those pages, um, you might see a big increase there. So mm -hmm. well, don't be alarmed. Keep in mind that a, a layout shift is what happens when a page loads on your screen and, and, and <laughs> uh, like me, you get all excited, you're reading an article you've been waiting to read and then all of a sudden everything pops out of the, like everything moves. It could be that what you were reading is now moved to the second page because some ad or image just appeared, um, pushed everything around. Google doesn't want to see that. It wants you to provide a, a good experience on your website so that you know things aren't being shifted all over the place as ads appear or whatever it may be. Uh, so that's what they mean by that. And a low score is ideal. You know what the best part is when you're you're scrolling down, you're reading, then the page jumps and some video auto plays somewhere, but you don't know where it's playing from because it's not on your screen. Um, and now you're trying to find the pause button because you don't want to listen to it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully all those sites. And I, man, I, I feel like I see a dozen of them every single day where stuff like that happens and it's so distracting and annoying. I'm hoping they all get burned hard when uh, uh, the page experience update fully rolls out, which is actually supposed to happen this month sometime or at least part of it. So we'll see what happens there, but uh, yeah, I went burned. to uh, on a side note, like this doesn't happen to me very often because I don't really, I, I don't like to go to the sites that I can tell are gonna be pop-up say, I've just, I banned them mentally just stay away from them. But I went to one, I think it was in my Google Now feed. I'm big on the news that comes to that because it understands what I like to read. And I clicked on one and it was kind of fluff. It had an answer that I, I was interested in, but very, very small amount. It was kind of weak and I closed it. And then I found it had opened three other windows about 
trashy ads and oh i was so mad like, oh the, what are people the thinking they, yeah they want to make sure you come back uh yeah that's not going to work it's <laughs> just stupid you know that's one thing i haven't really seen a lot of is no. you know the random pop-up pages that open up behind your brow like that was so bad for the longest time right and although maybe kaspersky our, our antivirus is taking care of that but i feel like you people think, aren't really using that anymore but this was on my phone too which surprised me even more it's oh that'd be a nightmare weird. especially on a phone then you you know it's funny i was looking at my phone the other day and it was in i think it was in chrome and uh i looked and i had like 800 tabs open or something stupid like that and i've never checked that before <laughs> like oh my god it's 800 tabs so i'm like luckily you can like close all or whatever it was yeah, but, uh, one at a time <laughs> I, 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 well you know like i'm an apple user and i know you hate apple but sometimes it's like that where you've got to do one by one and i would i would have just flushed my phone down the toilet button <laughs> damn it no oh. one's got time for that <laughs> oh dear all right, uh, before we go to our break, let's talk about uh, another update to Google Search Console. And I know you read this one as well. You did a lot of this prep today, so thank you very much. But uh, what's this one about? So this is not a big chunk of news, but something that might be worth noting. Uh, back in April, Google added uh, regex filters to the, uh, uh, the performance pages in Google Search Console. So you could go in and say, list all your, your ranking search terms in Search Console or the pages that you have ranking. And, and use regex matching to sort through that list. Um, and now what Google has added, I think they added it just yesterday or maybe even this morning, it was quite recent. Uh, they've added the ability to do negative matching. So you can now uh, you know, eliminate stuff. So maybe you wanna get rid of branded terms or you wanna get rid of some other uh, certain pages, tag pages on your site that don't matter, which we're actually gonna talk about later. Um, anyways, just easier ways adding the, uh, negative matching for regex filter uh, just makes it a little bit easier to sort through your data in search console uh, not a big thing but if you're big into regex and you want to get in there it's uh just an extra little bit of use yeah it's definitely more advanced <laughs> even i don't know regex off by heart um no i've got to look it up every time i want to do something with it <laughs> yes, <ditto. laughs> but it's not complicated there are lots of little cheat sheets out there but uh yep. i don't have it to memory yeah it's for filtering so if you wanted to filter data in your search console report, it's helpful, but uh, I imagine the vast majority of our listeners won't be interested, but it's still good to know it's there. Okay, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to jump into some Mueller files. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. 
Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training. A weekly podcast for you or your company. Distribution to almost every podcast portal. An embeddable player for your website. An ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts. And much, much more. And best of all, You'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on WMR.fm. Hosted by myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing and my company senior SEO, Scott Vanak. And I wanted to mention that... Uh, remember that we have a show notes newsletter you can sign up for at seo101radio.com where you don't have to miss a single link and refresh your memory of a past show at any time okay Mueller files this is fascinating total geeky nerdy seo stuff so bear with us but it is something that you all should know about okay where do we begin and to to the absolute credit of the writer roger monty one of our past uh, uh guests it is an amazing article. It's on Search Engine Journal. The title is Google's John Mueller Answers If MUM Makes SEO Obsolete. MUM stands for Multitask Unified Model. Thus, the nerdy, nerdy part of all of this. <laughs> oh, man. So I guess when, when you jump into it, let's just I'll read off a couple of things because it's going to be a whole lot easier. Roger put the brain power into making this easy to to explain. So I'll just cope, uh, uh, quote him. MUM is an acronym for Multitask Unified Model. It's a way of answering complex questions that cannot be answered with just a few sentences in a featured snippet or with current technology. Google refers to MUM as a significant event in the evolution of search technology technologies, calling it a milestone that is 1,000 times more powerful than the BERT algorithm, unquote. Um, that's a huge milestone. That's massive from, uh, like from a geeky old SEO aspect. That's BERT was a big deal. Um, it's Google, Google's BERT algorithm was designed to, uh, understand things that had previously not seen online. 
And there's a good percentage of searches that have never been searched before, and Google just doesn't have the answer. Well, Bert's design was to is designed to understand that and and sort of dissect and and create answers, whereas this has gone to a whole other level. Uh, do you want to explain how it works? Or you want me to quote them again here, Scott? You may have some. Yeah, I I'm still honestly a little bit. Uh... No, I wouldn't say lost, but it, it's a confusing topic for sure. Yeah, yeah. It, well, it's it was when I first read about it, uh, it was like a couple of weeks ago when it came out. Um, but I, I tell you, I, I complimented Roger on Facebook for this. It really was so clear. He just did such a great job explaining it. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm going to be quoting him here. <laughs> Again, it's on Search Engine Journal. They should get full credit for this. It's fantastic. So uh, this is... Um, under the title, uh, a subtitle, is mum SEO unoptimizable? Blah. Anyway, to quote him, he says, one astounding way mum solves answers is to use the total sum of knowledge about a topic, even, even if that knowledge is not, or is in a different language. Uh, so, unquote. Now, the example he gives in this, and I thought it was a great way to explain this, is if someone's looking up uh, for, uh, looking up a Spanish recipe, uh, let's say paella in this example. Uh, and Google would normally just pick whatever ranked well for that particular phrase. Well, if it could very well be someone in, uh, heck, Texas that wrote about paella um, who may or may not really be a great true paella cook. It just might have a good recipe, but it's not classic paella. Well, what they're saying here is now they can use the data from Spanish results, could be in Spanish language even, to interpret an answer and provide it to you. Uh, so that now they're able to draw from different languages um, that are more, you know, from potentially more authoritative resources that are different languages. Uh, and they can take other information from that and, and guess as well. Uh, so for example, um, this is an example from Google that Roger mentions. He says, Google uses the example of using native Japanese content for search queries related to hiking Mount Fuji, which also can drill down to subtopics that only a native might know about. And I'm gonna scroll down until I can find that example. Here it is. Uh, eventually you might be able to take a photo of your hiking boots and ask, can I use these to hike Mount Fuji? Mum would understand the image and connect it with your question to let you know your boots would work just fine. It could then point you to a blog with a list of recommended gear. Wow. It's something, uh, eh? Yeah, it, it's like, really it, something. I was like, was it Skynet? Yeah, like <laughs> super AI Terminator, uh, computers taking over the world type of stuff. Well, it's so... Um, it's so impressive that it can it can connect those dots. It's, it, it is you know, does this you know they, they always say and, and and John Mueller debunks this you know does this is this the end of SEO? No, there's always a ton of stuff that can be done in SEO, and he agrees too. Um, yes, this is information that you couldn't necessarily put online to ensure that you get chosen by uh, this multi unified model as a result, uh, but that's okay. It's not gonna, well, at least for now, not gonna be everything in search results. Hell, it's not even launched. Google's just talking about what's coming, uh, which is kind of impressive on itself that they're even mentioning it. Uh, but 
it does point to a whole new layer of interpretation of data that is kind of mind blowing. Uh, uh, and, and it's certainly, unfortunately, going to make Google that much more of a leader in the, in the search realm. I don't think anyone's even close to anything like this. It's a competitor. <sighs> I really want a competitor out there, but this stuff really does put them apart, set them apart. It, you, you know, the question of will mom kill SEO? At the very least, it won't kill SEO for Bing. So we know, <laughs> we know, we know that Bing's not doing anything. So, it, well, that we're fully aware of. Um, but, um, but yeah, they're, they're right though. And even like you said, John mentions that, no, it's, it's just going to change. It'll evolve. The only way SEO will ever be dead is if Google decides to list all websites alphabetically by domain, you know, that, and, then, and then you got nothing. Otherwise there's always going to be something. Yeah. And, and I liked how you, you mentioned, uh, like, will this re redefine what it means to be top ranked for certain search queries? And he said here, sourcing answers from multiple websites seems like selecting five winners and breaking off five pieces of the trophy for them to take home with them. I'm, I'm really curious. Yeah, well, sorry. yeah, if we accept the scenario of five sites have the opportunity to be top ranked, how would you as an SEO attempt to optimize for that? Anyway, he gets into whether or not that's an unreasonable question, John Mueller's comments. It's worth the read. I didn't read everything. <laughs> it sounds like it did, but it is it's a good long article and it's beautifully written. Roger, you rock. I used to write a lot and I strived to write this clearly. And I think I did okay sometimes, but he is a bit of a god on this stuff. He's really good at it. So I'm glad he's writing for everyone and helping us out. Fascinating stuff. And, and what, well, I guess, what does it mean to you as a listener? Uh, it shows what's coming. And that is part of the reason you're listening. I think um, it's, to understand what is coming in search. Potentially, it provides some concept of what you can expect. Yes, you're going to be guessing. We all do. Uh, and to a degree, that's that's perfectly fine. As long as you don't put a lot of stake in it, you know, you're not uh, putting all your money on what you're guessing. It is, it is very interesting to see where search will go, whether or not you should have all your eggs in that basket. It's never a good idea to have all your eggs in one basket and, and search is, you know, definitely one of those baskets. <laughs> um, if anything, this makes it clear that paid ads is going to be more important for people. I uh, think one yeah. thing about mom is that it really reinforces the importance of relevant, well-written content. Um, that's exhaustive and, and including details from all angles and really, you know, think about what you're writing and, and have some mixed media like images and video, like the one example of, you know, taking a picture of your boots, like, are these okay for Mount Fuji? You know, today, if you did that, nothing, you, you couldn't search that way. But in the future to be involved in searches like that, you know, having imagery that is super relevant to what you're writing about and uh, the images that are optimized, not only for size, but things like file name and image alt attributes and things like that, um, and context around the images, it, it's all, it's important now anyways, but it's really going to increase in importance and structured data and um, all that stuff is just going to increase in importance as things evolve further. Mm -hmm. I, interesting. I, I just remembered something I saw. Um, in search engine roundtables news, and I wonder how this is connected, but uh, apparently, 
and I'm, I literally haven't read this. I just saw the title and it, it seems to connect. Um, apparently reverse Google image search and Google lens is coming closer together. Kind of connects, doesn't it? Like if you can take a picture of your boots and it understands what it is, uh, the fact that Google lens, which does, it's supposed to do the same idea. It's supposed to look at what you're, you're seeing and, and understand it from a search perspective. Um, and just, it really it shows just how much t uh, effort they're putting into this. And we're going to start seeing little rollouts of these kinds of improvements, I think. Yeah, all the dots are starting to connect. Yeah. Anyway, there is no indication of when this is launching. It could be next year. But uh, I'm pretty impressed we know about it now. <laughs> I'll give them that. Okay, so what is next here? Uh, let's see, we've got uh, using Google Translate to auto-generate content. So I don't have the person's name, unfortunately, because they didn't record that. So that's my bad. Um, but a person asked John Mueller if using Google Translate to create a German version of their English website would create duplicate content issues. So the short answer from John was no. Uh, if it's translated content, it is not duplicate content. But that does create a different issue. So he addressed uh, this issue of using Google Translate and said, I think that a different problem, sorry, I think that's a different problem here though. Uh, so just in general, translated content is unique content. It's different words, different letters on the page. So it's different content. Depending how you translate it, however, that would be more of a quality issue. So basically, if you just take automatic uh, translated text using whatever tool, whether it be Google Translate or something else, and dump that onto your website, whether you're translating a page or the whole website or part of a page, uh, it will affect the quality of that content. So you may not have a high level of quality. Your grammar might be off. You might even be using incorrect words. Um, so really, that could be another issue entirely. So you, you could use these tools to translate your website, but don't expect great things to come of them unless you then take that translated text and have translators go through it and tweak it and make sure that it's grammatically correct, uh, which makes sense. I mean, how many times have you been on a site that is in English, but it's been translated over and it just doesn't make sense. Actually, the best example isn't even websites. It's uh, assembly instructions for products and all that kind of stuff. That's where it gets really bad. But you put that online and that'll affect your ranking. So uh, you hmm. definitely don't want to rely on a tool for translation. Yeah. Those translation tools can be pretty brutal. <laughs> it's some pretty horrible translations. So it, it's yeah, entertaining. That in mind. It, it, very, very entertaining. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let webmasterradio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. Webmasterradio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, 
WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. So uh, another Mueller um, file here is uh, when he was asked by, uh, I'm not even going to say his name, I'm sorry, PB will say his, his initials. <laughs> uh, Google explains when to delete tag or category pages. Now the question uh, was, I have a WordPress blog in which I have created some tags and categories. So what happens? Now I want to delete those tags and categories. These tags were created for some post, but these tags don't have any backlinks. And these categories also don't have any backlinks. If I delete, what will happen? Google will drop my rankings or will it not? Unquote. I, sorry, obviously ESL, it's a second language here, but we get the gist. Um, and uh, you've already created an answer. I'll let you do it. Yeah, sure. So uh, John had said uh, in response, and this won't be a big surprise to anyone big in SEO, but he says, you know, tagging category pages have almost no traffic or no visibility of those pages. You can remove those pages with no real impact on organic search traffic. Uh, he goes on to note checking those pages within Google Search Console to see if there is any visibility uh, would be a good idea prior to removing. And uh, I can elaborate a little bit on that. We, you know, we see that sort of thing happen a lot where it may not necessarily be a tag or category page, but it applies where you want to remove some content from your site. Uh, so definitely you want to make sure that that content, removing it is not going to hurt anything. So Google Search Console is a great place to start. You can go into the performance report and check out what pages are ranking and how they're doing. Uh, this comes back to the regex. Uh, question from earlier, or, or not question, but addition. So you can go in and you can sort that list and search through for your tagging category pages, see if they're coming up, see if there's anything useful there. Uh, you want to look at inbound links for those pages, which uh, in this case, the, the, the man that answered the, asked the question did not have any. Uh, you want to look at Google Analytics and see if you have any traffic to those pages, any entry level traffic to your site. Uh, once you're, but once you've established that these pages are no good, you don't need them, they're not really benefiting you, you can definitely remove them, 301 redirect them. Uh, typically, in the example with the question, tagging category pages, I, I can't remember the last time I saw a tag or category page rank in search. Um, yeah, no. it, it just doesn't really happen. I mean, I, I should say in relation to blogs, uh, category pages in relation to e-commerce absolutely rank. Mm -hmm. um, so, so those top level categories in an e-commerce site, you should always have those. Don't ever get rid of them. Keep them, keep them. Um, but in a blog, you know, they're probably, there's rarely any unique content on them. They're not really adding much value uh, unless you've got a special situation where you are also presenting unique content on them, or perhaps you have snippets for your blog posts that are totally unique and not posted anywhere else. Uh, there might be value there, but by and large, tagging category pages can usually be removed safely. And then I would re still yeah. redirect them as well. I, I, yeah, I mean, it isn't a small topic. What you've mentioned, what you've said in terms of his reply, all this stuff obviously makes perfect sense. Uh, if you're going to have to remove them, you do need to do that research. However, uh, part of having a blog that has a lot of content, that content tech typically falls into the nether. I mean, it's just, it 
it's still there, but it's deep, deep, deep in your site. And the only way to find it for Google is to look into your archives. A nice thing about tags and categories is it does enable, as long as you don't go crazy with them, that's a huge caveat, um, Google to jump to specific parts of that archive and re-index it. And let's say you update an article or a post or something with new information. Um, obviously, you'd want to make sure that that is posted somewhere recent as well. Note that you've made a change or whatever so that it's more present and, and, and immediate and it's timely. But just the same, if you, I like to use the car example all the time because it's the simplest, but like if you have a tag, it's a car blog and it's, you've got a tag about BMWs, you got a, a tag about Mercedes, whatever it might be, that's very general. Actually, those could be the categories. And then you got the tags, which are the different models. And it makes it much easier for anyone just to click through and go to the content they're looking for if in fact they're on your blog doing searches and not just finding the results in Google. If they're just finding the results in Google, it'll also help them because it allows Google to find that content easier. And it shows to Google that there is a connection between all that content. So there, there are positives. It's, 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 there's no simple answer, which is truly the case for most of the questions we get. <laughs> there's always a range. There's always a range. Always. Yeah, there's so many questions we could ask a person to really understand the best path for them. But uh, that, I sh that, that should help you, I think. Now, we have a question from Vinayak. Uh, he's one of our listeners. Thank you very much for posting your question on our Facebook group. His question is, is it a good idea to add two different types of schema to the same page, article and FAQ? I've created a, a pillar content page for the term voice assistance. I have schema markup set as an article for that page using JSON-LD. Now I'm planning to add FAQs about voice assistant to the same page. What do you SEO experts recommend? Should I add FAQs on this page or should I try to recreate or should I create another FAQ page for this? And uh, again, like I said, you did the notes and you've done a good job here. So I'll let you read off the answer. Yeah, so there's kind of two parts of this question. I guess the first one, can you use multiple schemas on a single page? The answer to that is absolutely yes. Um, and if you want more clarification on what you can do there, uh, I'm going to read off a really horrible link to read off. No, uh, no, no. It'll be, in no? The, and it'll be in the show notes. It'll be in the show notes. There you go. It's on uh, in <laughs> developers.google, and you can find it in there. So yeah, it'll be in the show notes. Follow the link, um, and you'll see Google say, yes, you can do it. Um, a good example might be, uh, and I think Google uses this example, if you have a recipe and you've got that marked up as a recipe and then you have a, a video that's also related to that recipe, you can tie those two together. Uh, you might have breadcrumbs markup, web page markup, all kinds of things. So you, yes, you can absolutely have multiple schema on a single page. Um, the other question was related to, should you create another FAQ for that content? And <laughs> we were just saying, you know, it, uh, there's no simple answer, it's all, you know, there's a big range of possible answers. Uh, I guess that really comes down to how much content is already on that page it, and can or should that FAQ stand alone or is it very complementary to the rest of the content on the page, in which case maybe it should be there. Uh, one example to that is a competitor of a client of ours uh, had a, a category page in an e-commerce site and they added FAQs to that page. And as a result, the listing in the search results included that FAQ markup 
within the listing for a top search term they wanted to rank for. So, you know, you, that can help your search results for sure if it's, you know, topical enough, relevant. Um, but sometimes FAQs are better on their own page as well. So, I, mm -hmm. I, you know, if you've only got one or two questions and they're short answers or you know, even a dozen questions, but they're short answers, you should probably include it on the page. Uh, if you've got really long, detailed answers and it's really comprehensive, probably better to have it on its own page. Um, but again, hard to say without seeing an example of this. Perfect. I wouldn't could have answered better myself. Thank you very much. And Vinay, uh, be, be, feel free to <laughs> request uh, any follow-ups on that. And any other listeners, please do post your questions on our SEO 101 group on Facebook. Uh, you can find that by just searching for SEO 101 podcast when you're in the Facebook area. Okay, well, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing and my company senior SEO, Scott Vanak, thank you for joining us today. If uh, you enjoyed the show, would like to, and we'd appreciate any feedback on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast stream. Have a great week, and remember to tune into future episodes, which air every week on WMR.FM. Great. Thanks for listening, everyone. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. This is the story of the Watt. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.